You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? You are listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm Johnny Heller, your host. Um, We're coming at you with an episode uh, about the Phillies 60-man roster that was just announced, I think, two days ago. Um, There was a press conference with Matt Klentak yesterday, so we're just going to dive in and look at... um, you know, who made the cut, who didn't make the cut, and uh, just our thoughts on all that. Um, so as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ty Daubert. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing all right. Like you said, um, the Phillies, they had announced their 60-player uh, player pool for this upcoming season that they'll be able to to add to. Uh, um, I believe they added 53 players or named 53 players to this, and then they can add some more uh, either within the organization or outside of it through trade or free agency or whatever. Um, But it, you know, at this point we have an idea of some of the players that they're going to be taking into this uh, second spring training type of type of thing. Um, So we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. It'll be up Wednesday. Uh, So I believe Sunday they announced it. the deadline was 4 p.m. and it didn't get announced till like 7 or 8 p.m. It took a while, but you know we got the list and now we can talk about some of the some of the players they decided to to add to this list. Who else could possibly be added, and uh, you know what their approach to it might have been. Sounds good. Yeah. So I think uh, to get started, um, just looking at this list. Is there anyone that really sticks out to you that you were su- you were surprised to see uh, was added to the pool? Surprised to see added, um, like nobody absolutely shocked me or anything. Um, you know the the one that I thought might not be there was Connor Seabold, um, but still, you know they depending how they view some players like Ranger Suarez and, uh, and a couple others in there that, and like Eniel De Los Santos, whether they view them as starters or relievers, cause they've done both. Um, you know, if they see guys like that as relievers, they could potentially need some starter depth if a lot of people got hurt or whatever. Um, so yeah, that one, that one surprised me a little bit. Uh, but other than that, nobody was absolutely like shocking or anything like that. What about you? Anybody in there that um, really caught your eye? You didn't expect them, or or no? No, not not really. And and we talked about this before we started recording. Uh, definitely looks like they um, stuck with guys who they think could make some sort of impact in the major leagues, or at least were set to you know play that role at some point in twenty twenty. Um, so to that, like, do you, th- is there anyone who you were expecting to be added or maybe still expect to be added? There's still room for seven more players and, and we're a little surprised to see that they weren't on the list. Um, so before I directly answer that, like kind of, kind of to build off what you were saying, uh, there were some teams who, you know, just to get their top prospects, some playing time and time to train with the team and, and things like that. Um, you know, they added some some younger top prospects who 
probably are not going to play in the major leagues this year. And, you know, the Phillies' top two, top two prospects are probably going to play in the major leagues this year, so it's a little bit of a different situation. But, um, you know, maybe if the, if the Phillies went with the same approach that some other teams have been taking a player like um, Bryson Stott or Francisco Morales or somebody else might have been, um, you know, playing in or, or a part of this player pool. Um, but they went elsewhere, like you said. They went with they went with the guys that they thought could make an impact this year. Uh, especially, it, you know, I, I think there's a lot of reliever names in there that. Uh, you know, it's there's a lot of them who haven't pitched in the majors, but it looked like they were hoping they could be major league pitchers uh, relatively soon. So there's a lot of those names in there just off the top of my head. Uh, Connor Brogdon, Addison Russ, Ramon Rosso was in there. Mauricio Yovera was in there. Clevenger. Yeah, Garrett Clevenger was in there. Uh, and Edgar Garcia, who we saw on the Phillies last year and, and a couple more that I, I didn't name there. Um, so it, it just seems like there's a lot of, a lot of guys who they think could make an impact relatively, relatively soon. And um, I think for a team like that, that's probably a, a smarter decision because um, you know, they, they want to win now they have the pieces to, uh, you know, win now, or at least compete to win now. They're not a team playing for the future. Uh, they have Real Mito in the last year of a contract. They got Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, you know, he's in his second year. They have Bryce Harper entering, uh, what, his age 27 season. Uh, you know, these guys, they're starting to enter the the point in their careers where they're supposed to be at their best. And uh, just with the position their organization's in and their major league team, I think it's probably better to have the uh, to have people and, and to have players that could help your team right away than to you know kind of waste spots on that player pool. And I know it's sixty players; that's a lot, but I, I think if you can maximize what you can get at the major league level out of that out of all the spots in the player pool, that's probably the right way to go. And, you know, they only have 53 players there right now, and they're probably going to wait and see if anyone hits free agency, you know, gets, gets cut from another team and they want to, they want to pick them up or whatever. So you're going to see names like probably Austin Davis, who's on the 40 man, but wasn't named to the 60 man player pool. Uh, He'll probably be added. Some other names will be added too. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of my thoughts on some of the players that, that they've added so far and kind of the, the direction they went. Yeah. I think I want to touch back on, you were talking about how, you know, and this is something we've talked about on this podcast a few different times is, uh, they have a lot of guys who have never pitched in the majors and look like they were, you know, becoming bullpen options, maybe not at the beginning of the season, but some point. Um, depending how the Phillies bullpen was doing, depending how these guys were doing in the minors. And now like you can do that over a 162 game season. You can deal with um, some, you know, bad bullpen losses and um, kind of maneuver your way through 
and figure out by, you know, you hope July, August, who's going to be your guys in the bullpen um, down the stretch and in the playoffs. The Phillies don't really have that opportunity this year. Um, and I do wonder, you know, because we know that the rosters, it's going to be a little bit weird. Uh, I think the first two weeks of the season, we have 30-man rosters, and then it goes down to – does it go down to 27? I think it's 28 and then 26. 28. So it's 28. for It's two weeks of 30, two weeks of 28, and then 26 for the rest of the season. So I, I wonder think if, that's what it is. I'm I, pretty yeah. sure. I wonder if we see that um, – you know, with, with that change, if the Phillies try to use those extra roster spots in the beginning uh, to kind of test guys out a little bit, obviously it's not as much time as they would want to have um, to do that. But I do, I, I'm intrigued to see, you know, if a guy like Ramon Rosso's on that 30 man roster, um, you know, Connor Brogdon, like if, if any of those guys are on the original roster and get some time early um, that they might not have gotten early in a n- normal season and under normal circumstances. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have to, um, in my opinion. I, I think that they're going to need to see what they have. And I think that's kind of the uh, kind of their thought process with having so many of those guys on the 60-man player pool is even just before actual games, they're going to have to figure out who might succeed in the majors. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of them going up and down um, at least early on, because like you said, there's not a ton of time to figure out, uh, you know, who's going to work and who's not. They have a lot of guys with good stuff, but it, it takes a little bit more to succeed in the major leagues than just good stuff. So we're, or, uh, you know, the Phillies are going to have to see who can execute. And uh, from there, that's how they'll figure out who they, who they ride with throughout the whole season, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, like we said, 53 guys, so they have room for seven more. Um, you know, not sure exactly who, who the lad, I think, Klontak mentioned um, a catcher. So, maybe. Yeah, they're going to add, a, they're gonna add a, a catcher, too. They only, yeah. they only had three. Yeah. Uh, other so guys, other, other rosters had five or six. Like, the, I know the Nationals had six catchers and seven outfielders, which was intriguing to me. But, uh, yeah, a catcher, and then, you know, maybe they, like you said, try to scoop up a couple free agents. Maybe they find a starter, um, you, you know, just a nine or ten, tenth guy for depth. Um, but, like, is there anyone, like, do you think there's a chance Mickey Moniak gets added or anyone that would, you know, make some sort of headline if they were to be added? Um, I I don't think Mickey Moniak will get at it just because um, he just seems like he, he probably wouldn't have a real shot at making the major league roster this year. You know, who knows? Maybe if there is a regular season and last year was one of his best minor league seasons uh, for Redding and, you know, say he repeats Redding and uh, he repeats double A and he, he lights it up and, then by the end of the year, he's at AAA and gets a, a call-up. You know, that wouldn't shock me or anything. That's definitely possible. But it just seemed like he probably would have repeated Reading and then maybe got to AAA by the end of the year. So it just doesn't feel like the timeline adds up right now uh, for for him. Uh, 
you know, Matt Clentax said yesterday that the Phillies were, or um, yeah, the, he said yesterday on Zoom that the Phillies had considered adding Odubel Herrera to that player pool. Um, I, I doubt that he does. I doubt that he does get added, but you never really, you never know, I guess. But, you know, him not, when they had around 70 players in major league spring training camp earlier this year, he wasn't uh, in that he was in minor league camp. So I doubt that he gets added because of course he had the suspension last season for a domestic violence incident. So I don't, I don't think they'll add him. There's nobody else that I could really think of. That would be a huge, huge name. Uh, I just think it'd be a, a couple more catchers uh, and then some more bullpen depth. Uh, if I had to guess, maybe like they could add some more position players. Uh, maybe somebody like Derek Hall, Austin Listy. Um, but we'll have to see as it gets a little bit closer, um, what exact kind of approach they take to rounding out that player pool. And obviously it could change, you know, maybe they make some trades in season. There is a trade deadline, uh, which is awesome. Trade deadline, one of the best days of the baseball season. I'm sure Johnny here would agree with that. So that's going to be weird when that comes up on August 31st, uh, just a weird season. And the, hopefully there's a lot going on in the, in the trade deadline. That'd be fun. But um, yeah, it'll just, in my opinion, that'll probably just be a few more uh, pieces just to, to round out who could potentially make an impact on the major league roster and then probably just catching depth. Yeah, I, I, I agree with your point on Moniac. I agree with your point on Herrera. I just think they're they're not interested in, in um, you know, having him play for them anytime ever again. Um, yeah, I, and the trade deadline, it is going to be interesting. Um, you know, usually trade deadline comes with about 60 games left. Um, and, you know, teams have a pretty good idea of where they are. Um, so they're willing to sometimes part with a good prospects for a half-season rental. I don't think teams are going to be as willing to do that this year. And I don't like I don't know how t- willing teams are going to be to make trades at all. Like, do you think we see there's any shot we see Francisco Lindor traded at the deadline? Or is he going to wait till? Um, I don't think so. Because they're going to be good. Like, they should be good. The they Indians, should, they, should be, they good. should be good. They should be good. But, but also, if, who knows? Yeah. What if the Indians are, you know, 14 and 18 at the trade deadline? You know, that's possible. The Nationals were horrible to start the season last year, and they won the World Series. Like, that's going to be it's, – it's all going to be so interesting. And, and it'll be uh, cool to see, like, how teams deal with the trade deadline and um, – you know, if the Phillies are 20 and 10, are they going to be super aggressive? Like, uh, you know, you don't know. I think it should be interesting. Another, another point how, uh, you know, teams won't, could, uh, you know, perform differently than we expect because of the small sample size. There could also be players that perform really well in a super small sample size. And, you know, maybe they become some of the hotter names at the trade deadline. And then, 
they just fall off just right. because of the, the sample size involved, how, how weird that could be. Like, um, you know, there's always, there's always some players who perform really well in the first half of a, of a regular season, which is a small sample size in itself, but you know, half of a, a regular season isn't anything as big as this full season. So right. if a player gets really hot, do you think like there is a lot of buzz at the trade deadline if he comes out of nowhere a little bit? Mm-hmm. Or do you think teams are just kind of like, well, this probably isn't real and not sustainable? Yeah, I mean, I think teams will not just like pay for a guy who just came out of nowhere and had a good 30-game stretch. I think it'll be um, – I don't like. I don't even know if the trade deadline is going to be active in general, but I think um, in this day and age, teams are definitely smart enough not to overpay um, for a sample size that tiny. Um, but uh, I mean, we'll see. I I do hope like July thirty first is my favorite day of the year. But uh, I I just like if it's not active because. Every July 31st, it's like you look at your phone and it's like, oh, these four really good players were traded to these teams and that team. I don't know. It's really fun. Like Down to the buzzer, too, those trades. We found out Zach Greinke was traded like 10 minutes after the deadline. Ended. That was crazy. Yeah. You need that. And then he, you know, he pitched in game seven game of the seven World and, Series. So. And pitched a gem and then was taken out and then the Astros lost because they didn't put Garrett Cole in the game. That is true. Um, yeah. Do you have any more thoughts about either the player pool or just uh, some more information we've learned about this upcoming season or uh, any thoughts you've had about uh, the upcoming season? You know, we did react uh, to the fact that there will be baseball, or, you know, assuming that everything goes right which is certainly not a guarantee but uh we reacted last week but any more thoughts coming up we talked a lot about spencer howard and alec bohm last week but i think uh you know with some more information we might have changed our stances on that a little bit you want to talk about that yeah uh i mean i think that bohm and howard like if the service time is seven days i think that Howard, you definitely keep down. Um, Boehm, it's not that simple, but I, I think the same for him. Yeah, so what Johnny's talking about is it looks usually the, uh, the date for a player um, to not get a full year of service time, and the, the team would uh, have that player for another year is uh, – it's in May. So if they're brought, you know, the Phillies did it a couple years ago with Michael Franco. Uh, and, and I think he filed a grievance against the organization uh, saying that they held him down just so he wouldn't hit free agency earlier. Um, and, and he lost that grievance, but he still filed it. Um, so if they're brought up after a certain point in May, they can't acclimate enough days of service time to, um, you know, to be considered a, a a player for that full year and get that full year of service time. So the team gets, um, you know, another year from that player. But this year with the season being so much shorter, it seems like that, that cutoff, that time is only going to be about one week. Um, so I'm with Johnny there, especially on Howard. Uh, if you're the Phillies and you can keep him for an extra full year, 
by just missing one start of Spencer Howard. I think you keep him down and you add him once that date is uh, has passed. For Alec Bohm, like you said, it's a little different, just be- especially because he's a regular uh, everyday player. So he can make a little bit more of an impact kind on the roster, kind of, uh, if he's in the lineup for those seven days. But still, um, he's a he's a rookie. He's never faced, uh, you know, a major league hit, a major league pitcher in a major league game. He's never even played a game. Neither of those guys have played a game above Double A. So, um, just the amount the amount of time that that Bohm could. Uh, you know the amount of time Bohm has to make an impact on the team uh, one week. It's it's not that much. So even if the percentage of the season uh, is the same as in a normal year, he has way fewer games to kind of uh, you know make an impact on the team. So I think I'm with you there. I would probably side with keeping them down for uh, that week or so, and then bring them up after, and then. I would assume the team is, you know, all in on going for the playoffs at that point. Yeah. Um, agreed. And, you know, we can talk about the the service time issue in general, but you know, if it's, if like that is, if that one week is um, the difference between an extra year of either of those guys, I think, um, you know, the Phillies take advantage of it. Um, you know, one more, one more, thing I thought we should touch on uh, quickly. Matt Klintak was asked about like the situation with JT Real Muto and um, yesterday, and I, I don't have his exact comments on hand, but it was something along the lines of, you know, the situation is different than it was at the end of last season. Um, and, you know, he wouldn't say they were close to a dealer or anything like that. And I think people kind of took that as the Phillies weren't, interested in re-signing him or, or they're not really going to do the best they can to do that. And I think that, and this is something that uh, a lot of other people have noted, like uh, what is Klintak going to say they're desperate to keep him? Like he, he's right that the landscape has changed since last year. Um, what teams are going to pay a 30 year old catcher, you know, a four or five, six, year lucrative deal like really you know 23 24 million dollar deal so i think um you know the phillies have more leverage now than they did last year this i think tim kelly phillies nation um said this on on twitter yesterday the phillies have more leverage than they did then and and um it's okay to recognize that i think you have to recognize that if you're the phillies uh, because, you know, just because he is obviously a really good player right now uh, and a fan favorite and everything, you know, you can't get yourself stuck in a bad deal, especially right now when he probably does not get as much uh, if he were to hit free agency. You know, maybe if this, uh, you know, maybe if the coronavirus uh, situation does not happen, maybe another team would offer Real Muto kind of a, a mega deal for five, six years, over $20 million a year. Um, but if he hits free agency now, it doesn't feel like he's going to get that much. 
So it would just kind of be, uh, you know, kind of bad management on the Phillies part to just hand him that right away. Um, you know, whether that's completely right or wrong, that's not really the discussion we're having. It's just the way it is. Um, so maybe he ends up getting it if the, if the team feels that, you know, other teams might be in on him and they get into a bidding war or something like that. But it just doesn't feel like he's going to, he's going to get that much. So, so they're going to, they're going to negotiate with him, and we'll have to see how it plays out there. But uh, I I still think they sign him, but I don't think it's going to be for as much as people might think. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it might be less than, than what it would have been under normal circumstances. Um, but before we wrap things up, do you have any last thoughts? Any last thoughts? Let me think for a second. Um, who do you think gets Puig? I think we, we, I think you called him your way too early MVP pick last week, yeah. but, uh, who do you think gets him? I don't know. I think the Indians should sign, should sign him, but. Didn't they have him last year? They didn't have him last year and he was really good with them. They got him in the Bauer trade. That's right. Um, That's right. Um, maybe the Giants. Are, I think I, I don't know if it's going to be like a contending team. I know the Giants have been in on him. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. Do you think? Do you? What do you think? Um, who do you think is a potential like surprise team this season? Just really quickly, we talked about the Marlins a bit last week and before that do you have any other um, surprise teams that you think could could get hot over 60 games i like the rangers i um, do too because i do too their pitching staff is really good like mike minor lance lynn and Corey kluber that's really good um i like the white Sox. i think like young teams like that that have a good core it kind of reminds me of the 2015 astros um, might be a little bit too early, but it's one of those teams over 60 games that can be good um, and, you know, win 35 games and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs. So I don't know. We'll see. What about you? I like, I like the Padres too, Padres and Rangers. I think the Padres just missed the playoffs though. Yeah. I just think, uh, you know, being in, being with the Dodgers and I think that there are some other teams that could make the wild card over them, but, you know, I'm – I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I like the Padres short term and long term. Uh, I think that that's a good core. And you know, Machado, Tatis. That's a. It's an awesome left side of the infield. They got other pieces as well, of course. So, and then the Rangers. You know, you mentioned the pitching staff. They also have Joey Gallo, who is one of the most fun players in the game to watch. So, th- yeah. those are my two teams. I like. I also like the Reds. Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray at the top of the rotation. Trevor Bauer, who was – I mean, who knows? That might have been fake in 2018, but he also might be good. Uh, and then that infield is ridiculous. I mean, they just signed Moustakis. They already have um, – And Castellanos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. That lineup might be – dude, they have Freddie Galvis. <laughs> True. Yeah, they so. – I think it depends how Votto does. 
Yeah. Oof. The Vado and Miggy Miguel Cabrera contracts have been looking real bad. Well, Vado's only had one bad year. It was yeah. only last year. Don't give lucrative deals to a first baseman. That's my... Um, also, speaking about the Reds, this just kind of popped in my head. I know we are a Phillies podcast, but you know we also are just fans of baseball in general. Um, what do you think happens with a player like Michael Lorenzen? It seems like at the end of the year last year, he uh, he was pitching, and then I, I think he even started a game in the outfield against the Phillies. But he, there were times when he would pitch and then stay in the game uh, at a different position because he's also a good hitter. Well, DH this year, how do you think they handle that? Because earlier in the year, his only uh, his only time as a hitter was it was mostly coming uh, as a pinch hitter, and there's going to be a lot fewer of those this year. And with a good lineup, we might see the end of two-way Michael Lorenzen, which I think would be sad. I think he'd probably be like a good defensive replacement for Castellanos if he's not DHing, but uh, who, who knows at this point? Well, well, I feel like Castellanos will be DHing. Unless they, because I don't know, he's like they probably have they have a they few signed options. they signed Shogo Akayama, yes, yeah. my guy for a little while. Um, well, they know. signed they signed Castellanos with with the intention of playing him at a position. Uh, I guess they that could. is true. That is true. But he's horrible in the outfield. Yeah. So I think but they also they also might DH Vado a decent amount. So. No, Vado's. I feel like Vado's fine at first. Like the yeah, but he's also getting older. Yeah, but Castellanos in left is like Reese Hoskins in left. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm really intrigued to see like a list of of all the DHs. Like, I don't I don't know if it'll be you know a full time DH for every team, but who do you who do you think is the DH for the Phillies then? Full. Who do you think and who do you think it should be? Should be Bruce. It'll be. Boom. I don't know. I'm leaning that way right now, but we'll have to see. Uh, just because yeah. we're still, you know, it feels close. It feels we're really still, yeah, close. We still have a ways to go. We have just about a month, yeah. a little less than a month until yeah, three and uh, a half weeks till opening day, which feels like, you know, like I said, it feels extremely close, but also very far away. Yeah. A lot of stuff can happen. In three right. and a half weeks, Johnny was at spring training, uh, you know, at one point in March, right? And, and then, then the, a week later, baseball was canceled. So a lot can happen. A lot can happen, but yeah. we'll have to see. Yeah, I have one more DH thought. Yoana Cespedes is going to be the best DH in the NL. Heard it here first, guys. Yeah. I th- that that Mets team interesting. NL East has a lot of interesting. I've been teams. saying it. The NL East. If an, in an extended playoff scenario, five teams from the NL East would make the playoffs. All right. All right. All right. I like On it. that note. I think uh, that wraps it up. Yeah, we'll wrap things up. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we will be back next week with another episode. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.